Chapter Seven of the Master of Mysteries. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Master of Mysteries by Gillette Burgess. The Lorsen Elopement. The Master of Mysteries entered the great studio smiling and, without removing his overcoat or silk hat, threw himself on the divan and chuckled valeska looked up from her desk with a question in her eyes though she did not speak as astro did not seem inclined to answer she resumed her work with the fingerprints each one of these printed in pale red ink on a small sheet of bristol board she examined carefully then with a pencil she traced out the primary figure formed by the capillary lines starting from the microscopic triangle on the inside of the finger where the lines coming from the back first separated and then following the curve till it met the corresponding little triangle or island on the outside of the finger the axes of this diagram were then drawn and the pattern thus defined was entered on the card index as an invaded loop an arched spiral or a whorl according to galton's classification so absorbing was her work that it took her whole attention and she did not think again of her employer until he spoke aloud he had thrown off his overcoat and put on his oriental turban and his red silk robe to be ready for patrons no visitors had yet appeared to interview the palmist however and astro was lazily puffing his nargyle valeska he said at last between two long inhalations of the water-pipe did you ever try to put out a fire in the grate by covering the front with a blower she laid down her pencil and looked up smiling why no it only makes the fire burn the hotter doesn't it he nodded his head gravely precisely and yet that's what mrs lorson is doing with her daughter ruth valeska waited for something more i had an interesting time there to-day he went on there were a dozen or more pretty well-known society women at her tea and they were all crazy to have me read their palms of course that was all stupid enough until ruth lorson came in have you ever seen her oh yes said valeska a pretty girl of about eighteen with dark eyes and dark hair isn't she she always looks so innocent that i want to pet her you needn't worry she has somebody to pet her if i am not mistaken and as for being timid and innocent well you never can tell by the looks that is unless you see what i saw he smiled again mysteriously is she in love then valeska asked without doubt by her handwriting which i saw a sample of you should have seen the double curve in the crossing of her t's and by her heart line too for that matter and by her general appearance and demeanour most decidedly but i had better proof than all that why was he there i could have told in an instant i'm sure no he wasn't there but another man was and though it was evident that mrs lorson considers him eligible and is trying to make a match of it ruth hates him 
of course you or any bright woman could have seen that as well as i then how did you find out specifically why in a surreptitious way i must admit you know that mrs lorson wanted to exploit me as the latest fad and she insisted that i should come in costume very well i was willing to oblige mrs lorson is rich and influential and i made out my bill accordingly well i was shown up to miss ruth's room to dress there on her secretary i happened to see her blotter covered with figures if it had been writing i shouldn't have read it but i confess that that list of numbers piqued my curiosity and i looked at it it wasn't a sum or anything like that it occurred to me at first glance that it was a cipher i don't know why perhaps because the thing seemed so meaningless at any rate it interested me and i made a copy here it is he pulled out a notebook and showed valeska the list reader's note the list is made up of three columns of numbers first row three thirty six ninety one second row four thirty six ninety one third row five thirty six ninety one horizontal line fourth row one eighty one ninety one fifth row eleven sixty one ninety one horizontal line sixth row two one hundred one ninety one seventh row forty three ninety eight ninety one horizontal line eighth row eight three hundred forty one ninety one ninth row seventy one ninety six ninety one horizontal line what do you make of it why nothing as yet it's absolutely meaningless valeska looked up i agree with you so far but let me tell you the rest of the story ruth is as you know a very pretty young girl but she's more than that she's clever of course the cleverness of eighteen isn't quite so deep as the cleverness of maturity but i think she is intelligent enough to keep that stepmother of hers guessing of course one of the first things i said was that she was in love her stepmother denied it so indignantly that i immediately smelled a mouse ruth didn't betray herself but i noticed that the young man who was present immediately began to take notice he is sherman fuller and i imagine from what i heard a millionaire in his own right decidedly an eligible the way mrs lorson managed him was wonderful there's no doubt that if she can throw ruth at his head she'll do it he seemed to be perfectly willing but ruth scarcely looked at him when she did it was with scorn it was easy enough to see how the land lay she was in love with someone else well i had used my eyes pretty well when i was up in her room and i had noticed several things among these were first a bible on her bookshelf a half-filled box of caramels a copy of the star with one page torn out and so on i tried what the spiritualistic mediums call a fishing test on her saying that i thought she was very religious she smiled rather cynically but her stepmother thought it was wonderful why ruth goes up to her room every night after dinner to read her bible she exclaimed i next informed her that she was fond of sweet things 
and her stepmother corroborated me by saying that she bought a box of candy every day or two the rest was easy and doesn't matter but i could see that she was strictly chaperoned she didn't go out of the room without mrs lorson's asking her where she was going and from the conversation i inferred that she went nowhere alone i was certain it was not only mere conventionality mrs lorson watches her as i was going out a maid brought some letters on in a salver one was for miss ruth miss lorson opened it calmly as if it were for herself glanced it over and handed it to her stepdaughter i have no doubt that the letters miss ruth writes are inspected as well isn't it awful sighed valeska i thought that sort of thing had all gone by nowadays not when you have a stepdaughter and an eligible young millionaire to marry her to said astro that woman is a tyrant and a schemer there's little love lost in that family i am sure but now look at the cipher again first let me think valeska said thoughtfully holding the paper in her hand here's a young girl who is having a young man whom she doesn't like forced on her she is probably in love with another but is not allowed to see him or to write to him well i'd manage to communicate with him in some way yes and you're clever for eighteen and you read the bible every night after dinner oh valeska's eyes grew bright then these figures refer to bible texts but that was the way our grandmothers wrote interlarding their messages with scriptural quotations i don't really believe ruth is so religious as that ah you don't know your bible then astro rejoined as he went to a bookcase and took down a copy why it's the most wonderful book in the world in more ways than one in it not only contains the sum of human and divine wisdom but almost every message that one might wish to send why it's a ready-made lover's codex it isn't only the song of songs that contains beautiful love messages i assure you they're scattered all through the book then these figures must refer to the chapters and verses valeska said scrutinizing the numbers and the books astro added valeska still puzzled over the list of figures the numbers seem too high for that and there's our first clue now let us examine the columns in detail we'd naturally expect the number of the book to come first the chapter next and the verse last the highest number in the first row is seventy-one but there are only sixty-six books in the bible so that can't be the number of any book taking the second column we see that the highest number is three hundred forty-one but the longest book in the bible the book of psalms has only one hundred and fifty chapters so that column can't give the chapter numbers as it is at least the third column has only the number ninety-one that can't be the number of every verse he waited for valeska she frowned prettily as she studied it out for some time her look was intense rapt then as if some idea passed from him to her her smile came radiantly and she exclaimed the figures are reversed what a sly boots she is astro smiled also 
of course i saw that at the first glance there is a direct corroboration of it plainly evident in the first place ninety-one reversed is nineteen the number in biblical order of the book of psalms which has more personal messages than any other book and second we get the chapter one hundred and forty-three which could come from no other book of course now let us try and see what we get i'll begin at the top the sixty-third psalm verses three four and five and he read aloud because thy loving kindness is better than life my lips shall praise thee thus will i bless thee while i live i will lift up my hands in thy name my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips it's pretty isn't it the tears had come into valeska's eyes oh it's beautiful she exclaimed no one could call it sacrilegious even though she has used the words that apply to the almighty for her own lover she's a dear it seems wrong to pry into so charming a secret but i'm dying to hear the rest of it astro put down the cipher this is evidently only one side of the correspondence you must remember if we are to get it all we must find his answers that's a little more difficult it seems impossible to me said valeska you only happened on this i shouldn't know where to look for his messages he sat down and looked at her seriously the only way is to use your imagination and your memory put yourself in her place you can't trust servants or males you are watched everywhere except in your own room think it out concentrate your mind on the problem valeska dropped her head on her hand thoughtfully and spoke as if to herself let's see i am in my room alone i read my bible and pick out appropriate messages but how do i get them to him she looked up puzzled never mind that now how does he communicate with you there's a box of candy there and a newspaper she paused and then gazing at him through narrowed eyes went on it must be through the paper i can't see any other way possible no one would suspect that if the message were concealed it might be in the personal column that's too easy and it might be noticed besides the star has no personals then it couldn't be a news item for he wouldn't be sure of its being inserted even if he were a reporter it must be in an advertisement he went into the waiting-room and returned with a copy of the star correct he said that's the only possible solution now the thing to do is to look through this file of the star and see if we can discover any advertisement that seems suspicious first what date shall we look up valeska returned to the paper on which the numbers were written well she said if it were i i should want to have a message as often as possible if i send him my texts every night he ought to reply in the morning paper this paper seems to show four messages the last one must be yesterday's that would bring his first advertisement just four days ago monday may twenty fifth he returned to the file and they looked over the pages together 
her chin on his shoulder astro's long forefinger hovering at one advertisement after another his suave voice keeping up a running commentary we'll omit the displayed ads he's probably poor or ruth's stepmother wouldn't object to him so couldn't afford that and besides they would be too conspicuous all the little ones are classified under heads let's see automobiles hm all well-known second-hand shops lawyers nothing there real estate villa lots don't see anything do you furnished rooms unfurnished flats let's go carefully here what we want is three figures we'll recognize them by the wording if they're put in on purpose i don't see anything there hm for sale go slow now fixtures bargains typewriters sacrifice well what do you think of that eureka his finger stopped at a three-line notice which read for sale nineteen volumes of sir roger de coverley sixty-three illustrations on wood six dollars and eight dollars each g p james and co flatiron building now isn't that crazy enough to be suspicious nineteen again too her favorite number whoever heard of sir roger de coverley except in the papers of the spectator anyway there you are nineteen sixty three six and eight look it up valeska flew to the bible and turned to the psalms and read from the sixty-third chapter when i remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches my soul followeth hard after thee thy right hand upholdeth me the blessed infants isn't it perfectly lovely ruth must have had hard work to answer that but the one she sent was nearly as good wasn't it oh let's find the next one and get the whole correspondence quick it's too exciting astro opened the issue of the twenty-sixth and scanned the advertisements carefully it was some time before they found it and several false clues were followed up valeska thinking she had discovered the secret would hurriedly take the bible only to be referred to some such text in ezra as the children of magbish and hundred fifty and six the children of kirjath aram chephera and beroth seven hundred and forty and three and would go off into peals of laughter some of these false scents led deep into the begats some led into the whale's belly but at last the right one was discovered in the second-hand column which read innocently enough for sale sixty-four good first-class second-hand tables address chester star office and turning therefore to the third book of john chapter one verse two she read aloud beloved i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth now let's arrange the whole correspondence as far as we have it valeska suggested after the four messages were all deciphered it certainly is a charming set of love letters it may well be written by the ablest literary men of king james's epoch said astro you read off the texts and i'll write them down it's a relief from solving murder mysteries and dynamite outrages and stolen jewels 
valeska having the references checked off read as follows insisting that ruth's lover should be called chester from the name in the second advertisement ruth i will love thee o lord my strength psalm eighteen one thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand there are pleasures for evermore psalm sixteen eleven chester and now i beseech thee lady not as though i wrote a new commandment unto thee but that which we had from the beginning that we love one another second john five i stretch forth my hands unto thee my soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land selah psalm one hundred forty three six ruth i will behave myself wisely in a perfect way oh when wilt thou come unto me i will walk within my house with a perfect heart psalm one hundred one two my covenant will i not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips psalm eighty nine thirty four chester how sweet are the words unto my taste yea sweeter than honey to my mouth psalm one hundred nineteen one o three whom have i in heaven but thee and there is none upon earth that i desire beside thee psalm seventy three twenty five ruth cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning for in thee do i trust cause me to know the way wherein i should walk for i lift up my soul unto thee psalm one hundred forty three eight and hide not thy face from thy servant for i am in trouble hear me speedily psalm sixty nine seventeen valeska re-read the whole series and her eyes burned deep astro watched her pretty serious face without a word waiting for her comments the tears glistened in her eyes as she said finally oh can't we help them somehow surely you can if you only will astro recited whimsically to himself they warned him of her and they warned her of him and the courtship proceeded to go on with the vim it's altogether too romantic for us to interfere with let them have their clandestine correspondence it makes the affair interesting wait till we read his reply in tomorrow's star valeska perhaps they can manage it themselves this was all she could get out of the master of mysteries that day but she knew from his silent contemplation that he had not stopped thinking the matter over she herself puzzled her wits as to how ruth had communicated with her lover until she had to give it up she knew that if she waited astro would solve that mystery if indeed he had not already found it out she came into the studio next morning excitedly oh isn't it awful were her first words she held the morning star out to him with an anxious look astro smiled and pointed to another copy which lay on his great table where his astrological charts were spread out it's only a lover's quarrel i think he's a little jealous of that sherman fuller i imagine well that's enough i should think chester would be wild well said astro yawning i'm glad he made one jump out of the psalms anyway i was getting tired of that number nineteen job is a good place for a jealous man to look 
you'd better add his remarks to our list valeska therefore wrote down the following texts which she had drawn from the advertisement of that morning's paper chester i prevented the dawning of the morning and cried i hoped in thy word psalm 119 147 thou holdest mine eyes waking i am so troubled that i cannot speak psalm 77 4 lover and friend hast thou put far from me and mine acquaintance into darkness psalm eighteen eighteen when i thought to know this it was too painful for me psalm seventy three sixteen why doth thine heart carry thee away and what do thine eyes wink at job fifteen twelve deliver my soul from the sword my darling from the power of the dog psalm twenty two twenty surely you'll help them out now won't you valeska pleaded we can't let it all be spoiled this way think how hard it is for her to explain trust her said astro shaking his head only i'd like to know how she does it that's all i want i propose that we take a walk out to fifty-third street this evening you know she goes upstairs into her room every night after dinner say from eight till nine o'clock i think if we walk up and down in front of that block we may find something doing oh i hope we'll find chester anyway valeska exclaimed they proceeded as he had suggested that evening to walk up fifth avenue after dinner reaching fifty-third street at a few minutes past eight astro pointed out ruth's window which was already lighted then together they walked slowly up and down on the opposite side of the street keeping the house well in view they had not been there for more than ten minutes when the sash was suddenly thrown up in ruth lorson's room they could see her form silhouetted against the light a white something was thrown out and fell on the sidewalk immediately a man emerged from the shadow of the adjacent doorway ran down the steps picked up the white package and walked rapidly up the street it's chester valeska exclaimed yes we must find out where he lives and who he is was astro's reply you had better go home and i'll follow him the man had walked off so rapidly that she saw it would be useless to attempt to keep up with him much less overtake him and she tried to stifle her disappointment as astro leaving her walked quickly up the street as chester walked she saw him tear something from the package he carried then another white piece dropped she followed far enough to discover what the fragments were the sides of an empty candy box which ruth lorson had thrown into the street her message had indubitably been written on the bottom since he had thrown all the rest away i see now why miss ruth is so fond of candy valeska said to herself a note thrown from the window would be too dangerous and too hard to find it's ridiculously simple i think i'm growing fond of that girl next day astro appeared at the studio with the information that the young man's name was indeed chester that he was an artist or illustrator for magazines and that he lived on the south side of washington square he's getting into a terrible state said valeska 
did you read his advertisement this morning it was under lawyers this time i haven't had time to look over the star what is it valeska read from her list the last edition for thou hast made him most blessed for ever thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance psalm twenty one six thou hast given him his heart's desire and hast not withholden the request of his lips selah psalm twenty one two yea they opened their mouth wide against me and said aha aha our eye hath seen it psalm thirty five twenty one i am troubled i am bowed down greatly i go mourning all the day long psalm thirty eight six poor devil astro grew serious i did see a paragraph in town gossip this morning about a fifty-third street bell who was about to make a brilliant match it was thinly disguised and evidently referred to ruth lorson he evidently believes she is engaged said valeska but i don't no girl would give up such a romantic lover now said astro the question is how are we going to get a hold of her side of the correspondence i'm getting as interested in this affair as if i were paid for it the fact that there is a misunderstanding does alter the matter too and i don't see but that we'll have to straighten it out if we can i've thought of a way to get hold of tonight's message by a trick it may work and it may not of course it's rather low of us to interfere with their private post office but we may be able to make that up to them later anyway it will make it exciting for them i'm going to bait a box myself he went on and place it on the sidewalk at a quarter of eight chester will arrive and think that for some reason she has already thrown it out and he'll take it and make off then when she throws her own box out we'll grab it the temptation was too great for valeska's curiosity and she gave a hesitating consent on the agreement that it should be tried only once but you'll have to put a message on the box or he'll know there's something wrong she said turn to psalms one hundred two i think that will not compromise her too much astro said my heart is smitten and withered like grass so that i forget to eat my bread psalm one hundred two four because of thine indignation and thy wrath for thou hast lifted me up and cast me down psalm one hundred two ten the ruse succeeded shortly after eight o'clock chester came walking down the street spied the box which astro had placed conspicuously on the sidewalk examined it quickly and walked hurriedly away fifteen minutes later ruth's box dropped from the window astro secured it and took it to a nearby lamp-post looked at the figures and then consulted a small bible which he drew from his pocket this is too bad he said to valeska who had accompanied him i didn't think she'd be so strong it won't do for him to miss this message poor chap here read it deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty psalm twenty seven twelve i have not sat with vain persons neither will i go in with dissemblers psalm twenty six four 
but as for me i will walk in mine integrity redeem me and be merciful unto me psalm twenty six eleven i'll tell you what i'll do said astro we'll send this down to his house by a messenger boy he won't know what to make of it but he won't be able to ask her how it was delivered till it's all over the message was sent at once then as astro walked with valeska to her home he said we can't do this again it will make too much trouble you'll have to see if you can't get into his studio some way and find out what messages he is receiving you can go and offer yourself as a model that will give you plenty of time to look about and you may manage to find the bottoms of the boxes every day if i know the young man in love he won't destroy them valeska consented to attempt the adventure and accordingly set out the next morning after entering on her list the following message deciphered from chester's advertisement in the star let the lying lips be put to silence which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous psalm thirty one eighteen for i said in my haste i am cut off from before thine eyes nevertheless thou heardest the voice of my supplications when i cried unto thee psalm thirty one twenty two in the day when i cried thou answeredst me and strengthened me with strength in my soul psalm one hundred thirty eight three so foolish was i and ignorant i was as a beast before thee psalm seventy three twenty two astro worked all day in his studio alone reading palms and casting horoscopes for his fashionable clients and during the leisure times between their calls casting many a glance across the desk where his pretty blonde assistant was wont to look up at him with such animation whenever he spoke the velvet hangings were dull and shadowy and the highlights on trophies of arms and tinseled costumes on the wall twinkled through the dusk when the portiers parted and valeska smartly attired gloved and feathered appeared astro smiled for almost the first time that day she sank into a deep divan to get her breath he turned on a light above her head he's a perfect dear she said as soon as she could speak he isn't at all handsome in fact he's ugly but he's the most romantic and kind-hearted chap in the world i'd trust him anywhere he has red hair and twinkling blue eyes and fine teeth and so young why he made me feel eighty years old it was too easy i was just what he wanted and i was intelligent and he liked my hands she extended them gracefully for astro to admire he kissed her fingertips it was a funny old place all full of canvases with their faces to the wall and dust and pewter pots and brushes and old magazines and everything it smelled horribly of tobacco and turpentine but it was such fun i didn't have to do much detective work either do you know the child actually had all those candy-box bottoms nailed in a row on the wall over the mantelpiece i felt like a thief there they were all of them you got the list of and the one we sent last night and there was a shabby bible on his mantelpiece how did he treat you valeska laughed 
well not in a way to make me conceited oh he's in love all right he looked at me exactly as if he were purchasing a horse i almost expected him to open my mouth and examine my teeth to see how old i was but he was nice all the same and delighted to find a model that had brains and could take and hold a pose my if i'm not tired though i was supposed to be playing on a piano the table and looking up mischievously over my shoulder i ache all over of course he didn't say anything significant no but he stopped working every little while and began to think and i knew what that meant then he'd go to the window and look out for a long while and then come back and draw like mad oh he had all the signs poor boy does he want you to-morrow yes all this week good by that time i think we shall have arranged some plan to help him if i bought a picture or two that might help perhaps valeska posed for chester the six days returning each evening to the studio to report to astro each time more interested in the love affair each day she wrote down the cipher message printed in the star and the text she found in the studio written on ruth's candy box at the end of the week the courtship began to approach a crisis as the correspondence showed ruth he that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house he that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight psalm one hundred one seven but thou art the same and thy years shall have no end psalm one hundred two twenty seven chester i will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go i will guide thee with mine eye psalm thirty two eight ruth and i will delight myself in thy commandments which i have loved psalm one hundred nineteen forty seven but mine enemies are lively and they are strong and they that hate me wrongly are multiplied psalm thirty eight nineteen all that hate me whisper together against me against me do they devise my hurt psalm forty one seven chester let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause psalm thirty five nineteen let them be turned back for a reward of their shame that say aha aha psalm seventy verse three ruth pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me for thou art my strength psalm thirty one four then call thou and i will answer or let me speak and answer thou me job thirteen twenty two chester having many things to write unto you i would not write with paper and ink but i trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full second john verse twelve ruth they gather themselves together they hide themselves they mark my steps when they wait for my soul psalm fifty six six and i said oh that i had wings like a dove for then i would fly away and be at rest psalm fifty five six i would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest psalm fifty five eight that thy beloved may be delivered save with thy right hand and hear me psalm sixty verse five 
chester and it shall be if thou go with us yea it shall be that what goodness the lord shall do unto us the same will we do unto thee numbers ten thirty two ruth then i said lo i come in the volume of the book it is written of me psalm forty verse seven and ruth said entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee for whither thou goest i will go and where thou lodgest i will lodge thy people shall be my people and thy god my god ruth one sixteen it is getting serious isn't it said valeska when she brought the last message of ruth's poor chester is half crazy he's been working like mad to get some illustrations for the universal magazine done so as to get money enough to get married on i suppose but how in the world they are going to elope i don't see love laughs at locksmiths said astro but not at stepmothers all the same they're going to do it somehow and i want to see the fun it's bound to come off in a day or so now i'm dying to speak of it to chester and offer to help him but i'm afraid it would spoil his fun hadn't we better just play about on the edge of it and be ready for anything that happens it all depends on the next message you go to the studio to-morrow and see if you can't find out about the elopement all right said valeska at ten o'clock the next morning astro received by a messenger a hurriedly penciled note it read something awful has happened chester broke his leg last night and was taken to the hospital but when it was set the leg he insisted on being brought home to the studio he's almost crazy and has a fever and i'm sure the elopement was planned for to-night i'll get it out of him somehow and you must tell me what to do here's the text he got last night i can't make it out so please tell me immediately v the text indicated was from the fifty-ninth psalm verse fourteen and at evening let them return and let them make a noise like a dog and go around about the city as soon as astro had looked it up he put on his hat and coat and jumping into his green limousine drove to washington square it was half-past eight when ruth lorson raised the shade of her window and threw up the sash it was raining and the asphalt pavement shimmered with reflected lights at the curb opposite her house a taxicab was waiting she looked at it eagerly there came a sudden noise like the barking of a dog repeated three times ruth smiled let down the sash and drew the shade then stuffing a package wrapped in a towel inside her full blouse she ran downstairs ruth child where are you going mrs lorson's voice came petulantly ruth hovered a moment by the doorway to say in a voice that trembled a little oh i only want to get the smith's address from one of their cards on the hall table she walked swiftly to the front door opened it noiselessly slipped out and shut it carefully behind her she had to slam it to make it latch and the jar frightened her she fairly flew down the steps now and ran across the street straight for the cab the door on its side swung open and she popped inside 
the cab instantly drove off at a furious pace there was a dark figure inside she snuggled up to it deliciously oh harry she breathed at last oh i thought this time never would come then with a little scream she jumped away from him who are you she demanded her voice rang with terror my dear said astro don't be frightened mr chester couldn't come he has had a slight accident but not bad enough to prevent his being married to-night i am going to have the pleasure of giving you away i have your bridesmaid already at the studio why how do you know she demanded staring at him then as an electric light suddenly illuminated the interior of the cab she recognized the fine picturesque features of the master of mysteries and gave a little sigh of relief oh it's astro she exclaimed you know everything don't you did you see it in your crystal ball he smiled as he replied my dear i saw it in your pretty eyes the first time i saw you but tell me about harry oh i am so frightened it must be a bad accident to keep him away to-night he reassured her and they drove on she excited eager with anticipation fearful of the step she had taken but more and more confident in astro's protection they reached washington square and hurried to the studio valeska met them at the door with a smile for a moment ruth eyed her suspiciously your bridesmaid said astro ruth relieved but anxious for a sight of her lover darted by with hardly a glance and ran to the bed where harry chester lay weak but impatiently awaiting her oh harry oh ruth astro and valeska walked into the hall well said astro i hope she's satisfied now she has lost four millions and three magnificent houses not to speak of a permanent place in smart society for which she'd have to pay all her life said valeska if you ask me i'd say she's got a bargain come let's call on the minister i'm going to wait and see it out End of chapter seven